Well, hey, hey, this is Bevan Caramello. Welcome to your weekly Skinny with Jesus. Today is September 26, 2017, and I am so very glad that you have tuned in today. We are starting our new fall series today, so you picked a great day to jump back in with us. Um, if you have been gone for a little bit, that's okay. You're right at the beginning of something new. Um, our new series is titled Interrupted, and we are going to be looking at different lives in the Bible who were interrupted by God. And hopefully, we'll begin to relate and maybe eventually, with God's help, we'll begin to view God's interruptions in our lives as as helpful and maybe begin to even see them as divine interventions. Okay. So for the first few weeks of this new series, we are going to be in the book of Jonah. It is, um, Jonah is a short book. Okay. It's only four chapters, but it is packed with good stuff. And I want to make sure we grab everything out of it that we can get. So today we're just going to focus on chapter one. And just to give you guys a little bit of background, Jonah um, was a prophet in the Old Testament. And Jonah is, the book of Jonah specifically, is a story of God's mercy and compassion toward even the most blatant of sinners, okay? Um, We're going to be reading about um, a city called Nineveh, which was in um, Assyria. And it's important to remember that these were the Israelites' like biggest enemy, okay? Um, Nineveh um, was written about um, by some other prophets as well. And so we see in some other books of the Bible where it was just a really evil place. And so the book of Jonah, as we go through and we watch the way God interrupted Jonah and moved him outside of his comfort zone and asked him to do some things that he really just did not want to do. It's also a reminder to all of us that no one is beyond redemption. Okay. When we see just how far gone Nineveh was and just how, um, how much Jonah despised them, the people there. Um, It's a good reminder to all of us that no one is beyond redemption. Um, We all have Ninevehs in our lives, places where maybe we wish God's vengeance on certain people in our lives or certain groups of people in our lives that have hurt us, Um, evil that we see, um, terrorists and different organizations around the world. Um, And it's really easy for us to wish vengeance on them. But this is a great book to remind us that um, even the Ninevehs in our world today are not beyond redemption. God's redemption is available to anybody who turns and repents and chooses him. Okay, so there's a couple of questions that um, that I really want us to wrestle with today and uh, throughout the next couple of weeks as we are going through the book of Jonah. First one is this. Will I go wherever God asks me to go? And the second one is Will I do whatever God asks me to do? So be thinking about those um, today while we're going through this first chapter, okay? So just to start us out, if you are at a place where you can open your Bibles, then turn with me um, 
to the book of Jonah. We're going to read chapter one together. We'll stop and start over and over a few different times so we can discuss what we're reading. Um, Jonah is toward the end of the Old Testament before you get to the New Testament, the past Psalms and Proverbs and all of those. Um, but before you get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels that start the New Testament, okay? All right, here we go. So I'm just going to start with chapter 1, verse 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of, I'm going to mispronounce his dad's name because I don't know how to say it, son of Amittai. And the word of the Lord was this, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Okay, let's pause there for a second. So the first thing I want us to recognize here is that Jonah knew exactly what God wanted him to do, okay? When it says in verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. So in other words, Jonah had heard from God. He knew that God had said, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. So basically God, had, God was asking Jonah to go and tell Nineveh about the Lord and, and tell them to repent and turn from their evil ways. Jonah didn't want to do that because Jonah hated these people. They were the enemies of the Israelites. So not only was he probably scared of them, scared for his own safety, but it'd be, that would be like us running to ISIS and, and preaching forgiveness and repentance because we, we love them and we want them to be saved and we want them to be our brothers and sisters in Christ. That is the extreme here. And, and to an extent, it's what we're all called to do. But this would be like Jonah being called specifically to go to ISIS. So not just in a broad sense of like that we're supposed to have that type of a heart toward them. This would like be you actually being the one that God said, you Bevan, I want you to go over to this country in the Middle East and I want you to find ISIS and I want you to tell them to change. Okay. So not only is, is, is that scary, but there's also a, a dark seed of um, just ugly feelings, hatred, toward this group of people deep inside Jonah. So then it goes on to say um, in verse 3, Jonah ran from the Lord. He actually ran from the Lord. He knows what God wants him to do, and he's like, uh-uh. I, I'm, he goes the opposite way. Like, how far can we really run from God, right? But we try, right? How often do we run from God when he asks us to do something that we don't want to do? You know, um, maybe we don't want to quit drinking or maybe we don't want to quit watching whatever that show is on TV. And, and, you know, for me, I know I've shared with you before, for me it was smoking. I didn't want to quit smoking. So I just stopped going there with the Lord. I stopped asking him about it. I stopped praying about it. And when I was entering into those sinful moments where I knew I was doing something he didn't want me to do, I just didn't acknowledge him. I didn't go there with him because I didn't want to do what he was asking me to do. Um, you know, we, we want what we want, right? We want to do what we want to do, don't we? So I love, too, we see here that it says Jonah paid the fare, and then he got on a boat. So it just kind of reminded me there of how far we're willing to go 
to get away from God sometimes. Like he put his own money up. He's he's buying a ticket on this boat. You know, how and he got on a boat too. Like where does he think he's gonna go? But he's trying to get as far away from this conviction as he can. And it just really brought to mind uh for me just how far we're willing to go sometimes to get out of doing what we don't want to do. You know, and, and just like Jonah, sometimes we will go to any length, won't we? To be able to just stay in that sinful place. And, you know, sometimes just like Jonah, sin may not have to do with um, what you something you don't want to start. Sin might be uh, refusing to start something you know you're supposed to start or refusing to go someplace that you know you're supposed to go. Sin is also disobedience. Whether it means not, whether it means stopping something or starting something, right? Okay, let's keep going. Verse four says, "Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own god. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship." Okay. Let's stop right there. Uh, what do we see here in verse 5? The part that jumped out for me was that Jonah did not run to sources of godly wisdom or accountability, right? This verse right here in verse 5, it says, each of these sailors cried out to his own God. Because the men on this boat did not know Jonah's God. And that got me thinking just how important it is for us to turn to godly influences in our lives when we are wrestling with something we do or do not want to do for God. All right, let's keep going. It says, but Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lots fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Jonah says, pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will become calm. I know that this is my fault and this great storm has come is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. All right, let's pause right there for a second at the end of verse 12. You guys, do you hear that? He says, I know that this is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Jonah is fully aware of the pickle he's gotten them all into, right? He knows that this is his fault. And and so right here we see things start to turn okay we see Jonah um, acknowledging what he's done here okay let's keep going 
verse 13. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land. Okay, so they don't want to throw him overboard. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, Oh, Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, oh, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. So let's go just a little bit further through verse 16. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. So how interesting it is to me that right there in that little place where we see Jonah soften and acknowledge his sin and say, oh, this is all my fault, that the men, then they don't, they see that in him and they don't want to throw him overboard. A minute ago, they're mad and they're like, what do we do? How do we throw, how do we get rid of you? How do we make this go away? And then as soon as Jonah acknowledges it, then they're like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to kill this man. And then not only that, but then they go on and, and obediently they throw him overboard because that's what Jonah said. Like, this is, this is the way we have to do it. You've got to get rid of me. At the end of that, they acknowledge Jonah's God. So they see God in this situation because they saw all of it play out as truth. He says, if this is my fault, God's upset with me. And sure enough, as soon as they get rid of, of the one that caused the problem, the waves calm down, the storm calms down, and they recognize Jonah's God as God. You know, and this just really brought to mind that we cannot thwart the plans of God, right? God will use even our disobedience to accomplish his purposes. Okay, let's go on to verse 17. It says, this is our last verse for today. It says, but the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. God provided a great fish, right? In the middle of all of this, they've thrown him under, thrown him overboard. He's about to go under. He's about to drown. He's going to die. So he thinks. But God provides a great fish. You know, it got me thinking, how well provided for do you think Jonah felt in the belly of that fish? But God did what he had to do to get Jonah's attention, right? He's been thrown overboard, swallowed by a fish, in the belly of this fish for three days. Who knows how deep into the ocean? I'm sure Jonah's like, finally gets to a point where he's like, okay, I got it. God, he's got my attention. And I think that most definitely qualifies as an interruption. We're going to keep watching so that we can see even further into Jonah's interruption um, and everything that he was asked to do and the way that God got his attention. So hopefully we can begin to glean the divine intervention of all of this. Okay. So his first big interruption, God tells him to go to Nineveh. He disobeys. Second bigger interruption is actually a merciful second chance. And he's swallowed by a fish and he's in the belly of this fish. Okay. Lots of little takeaways there. I know I was coming at you really fast with all of those. So 
if you need to go back and listen to the playback and take notes so that you can get those down and then read this first chapter of Jonah again between now and next Tuesday and really focus on those and ask God to reveal anything new to you that he wants you to get from this first chapter as well. Um, I just gave us, you know, several that God laid on my heart, but there's, there's definitely more that can be taken away from this this chapter. It's packed with, with great stuff. So um, I highly encourage you to go back before next week and read some more of that. Okay, next week, we are going to spend some more time with Jonah. And we're going to see what we can learn from his rock bottom, okay, inside the belly of this fish. All right, will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you this afternoon um, and we just praise you for being uh, the God who does more than we can think or imagine Lord the God who sent a fish to swallow a man to actually keep him alive so that he could finish the good work you started in him so that he could go do your will Lord thank you for being a God of second chances thank you for being the God that goes to great lengths to get our attention Thank you for being a God who is patient and long-suffering. You don't even want one of your children to perish, Lord. I thank you for that truth for myself right now. Lord, I pray as we continue to process and digest the book of Jonah, I just pray that you would reveal to each of us new truth, new wisdom, um, specific wisdom that you have for each one of us, for the circumstances, the situations that we're going through right now. Lord, I pray that you would begin to show us um, how your interruptions in our lives are actually your divine hand intervening and, and guiding us down the path that you have chosen for us, that you are actually doing it to keep us from making those wrong turns. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this time together. I thank you for each person on this call, whether they are here with us live today or whether they are listening down the road in the future. I know that you've brought them here for a reason, and I pray, Lord, that you will use this time in your word to strengthen them and to grow them um, and to create uh, all of us. Help us to be warriors for your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, thank you for being here with us today on this call. I truly love our time together each week. I wait for it. I work on these calls throughout the week, and I get excited uh, for, for the time that we're going to get on Tuesdays at 2. We meet right here every Tuesday at 2 o'clock, same dial-in number. That 2 o'clock is Central Standard Time, so adjust that if you are in a different time zone. Um, but, yeah, Tuesdays at 2 right here, your weekly Skinny with Jesus. The playback number is also good for a full week until next week's live call replaces it. Okay, so the recording will be on that playback number for a week. Um, you can also get to all the calls on our weekly skinny Facebook page. I post those right after we get off the phone. So um, if you want to catch up on any calls you may have missed or you want to hear the playback uh, on the internet, you want to be able to listen to it over the web, super easy. Just search weekly skinny in Facebook and then add yourself there and I'll approve it because all are welcome. So feel free to invite friends, family, um, your business partners, your team members, um, like I said, all are welcome. All right, so until next week, Tuesday at 2, I will be praying for you and yours. I pray God blesses you, and I pray that um, that this wisdom, that these, these words have impacted you in some way, and I pray that you have a blessed week. Bye now.